Yo, 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 don't touch that dial. You're listening to CGSW on 90.9 FM, broadcasting on the Calgary Airwaves, home to Treaty 7 and Métis Nation of Alberta, Region 3. Stay tuned. Welcome to Rave Dad's Diary, the show that explores the globalization of electronic dance music from the perspective of a rural Alberta boy turned raver. I'm your host and resident Rave Dad, Paul Brooks. Rave Dad's Diary broadcasts on CJSW 90.9 FM in Calgary at the University of Calgary campus and community radio station located on Treaty 7 land. I acknowledge the traditional territories of the people of the Treaty 7 region in southern Alberta, which includes the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Siksika, the Pagani, and Kaina First Nations, the Sutina First Nation, and the Stony Nakoda. The city of Calgary is also home to Métis Nation of Alberta, Region 3. Welcome to episode 19. It's springtime in Calgary. Normally, if the temperature is above zero and the sun is shining, Persian's patio party would be going down every Tuesday afternoon at Broken City. Things are a little different in 2021, but the spirit and community of the event is alive and growing, thanks to the streaming platform Twitch and the dedicated work of Isis Graham and a team of volunteers. Today, I check in with Isis about the eighth season of Versions, which kicks off this week, and she tells me about the challenges and pleasant surprises of bringing a patio party to the internet. To start off the show, we have some fresh music from Versions alumni, John Delirious. This is Can't Hold Back. Speaking with Isis Graham, a.k.a. Aset, on April 13th, 2021. And season eight of Versions kicks off tonight. So when this conversation airs, Versions season eight will already be underway. Isis Graham, hello. Hello, Paul. Thanks for having me on Rave Dad's Diary. <laughs> I love that you're doing this. Well, thanks for joining me. And uh, you... Well, I, I have to speak to you. There's so many different things that we could speak about. But this week, Versions is kicking off. And uh, it just really struck me when I saw online that you're in season eight. How the heck did that happen? 
I don't know, man. I time is going by really, really quickly. But um, you know, when I was looking at the calendar and planning this year, even into 2021 on online, I was like, oh my gosh, we're going into eight years of this, which is pretty cool. Um, my friend Leanne Hazard, who does the photos at our event, um, we were going through the thousands and thousands of photographs of people from the event and it really it really hit us it was like yeah there's these <laughs> these children are now older the we've all aged we've all smiled we've all danced and and yeah eight feels great we're going into eight and i think that that's pretty cool it is quite an interesting time capsule to go through the photographs online and see us all uh with more laugh lines and uh, <laughs> some of us with with small humans now um, versions is on the internet currently because of the public health guidelines in place, but tell me about what versions looked like in the beginning. Well, versions was actually created by Sergio levels, who I think you've had on the show, who's now making soaps, which is awesome. Um, and he created it at the beginning. It was a, maybe a once a month patio party that he was doing at Broken City. And it was focused, I think, just mostly on him playing with a guest. And I think at the time, eight years ago, we really had nothing like that going on. Um, there was no patio parties. The eras of doing big patios at like more corporate clubs was was kind of past. And we hadn't had a sort of outdoor public venue for a really long time. And he had me guest one one night and it immediately occurred to me how much I loved it because Broken City has like unique rulings on um, people being able to bring their kids and they can bring their whole family until a certain time and then there was good food menu and there was vegetarian options and we could dance all night long until 10 o'clock and people really enjoyed it. And plus there's, you know, if it's raining, there's heated, you know, heated, what do you call those things? The heaters. And then you've got umbrellas and stuff, which always makes for a big daring adventure. But when Sandro um, actually departed shortly after to Toronto, he um, kind of left versions with me. He he entrusted it with me. Let's put it that way. Because I had expressed so much interest in the actual event and, um, I was really passionate about continuing it because I saw something in that particular event that I thought was really special and unique. And um, we didn't really start it as a weekly event. It was more like once a month and then it went to every second week. And then we tried doing almost every week, except for we would skip all the Tuesdays post festivals in the summertime because a lot of people in our friends network, anyways, they would be still working on site at the festivals and stuff. And so it would be kind of a rough hungover <laughs> Tuesday <laughs> post, you know, post Shambhala or post Base Coast. But then uh, I think in our fifth year, we decided to go forward with doing it every single week, so long as the weather was, was letting us do it. And it became a really cool place um, where people started bringing their kids every week and We'd have different kinds of music. We kind of expanded the genres a little bit. It's always been focused around 4-4 music, house music mostly, but we always have special nights where we do little features. Like we had the librarian play one time and we've had people like Oak and um, way back when, like Sub Chakra and, and a bunch of different groups of people have come and done little showcases, even really, really industrial techno night one night, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Um, so yeah, you, you, we're, we're talking about Broken City Patio here, and yeah. for anybody who's never been on the patio, you've been describing some of the features of the patio. Yeah. It's really cool inner city, like in the Beltline. Uh, it 
uh, allows children, which is a really interesting vibe. And then, yeah. And then they've got, you know, one thing I really love about Brooklyn City is they've always had kind of ever-changing art on the walls of the patio, thanks to their, you know, artist community that that generally have worked at the bar. But um, you're kind of tucked away in between a bunch of big buildings and apartment buildings and and different breweries. They're kind of in the um, textile part of uh, 11th is it 11th avenue 12th avenue 11th 12th avenue? yeah 11th. 11th yeah and uh it's it's just cool because you're kind of above the street but you're below all of the big buildings so you you kind of we get this little nest that goes on and they have seating and a dance floor and we can kind of shape shift it however we want which and, and over the years we've changed the the kind of the way it's looked or we've done the best we can. The, the more popular versions got, the more difficult that was. But um, it's been great to be able to still have that seating and eating kind of vibe. So describe to me what versions patio party looked like on a hot, sunny Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> well, those are my favorite days, obviously. Um, they It's a hot, sunny Tuesday. And it's really hot on the patio because you get the the sun beating back off of the floor there. And so it kind of, it'll add an extra 10 degrees. So you kind of feel like you're in a tropical paradise for a few hours when the sun's kind of in between the two buildings, especially if it's in July or or early August and you have the direct sunlight still coming down around five o'clock. But um, people come early, they get their drinks, they have their water jugs, they've got their kids with, you know, little sun hats on. (laughs) And usually by... And hearing protection. Yeah, and hearing protection. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Kids always must be wearing hearing protection. <laughs> um, by about 6.30 or 7, it's usually the kids that will start the dance floor, actually. But on a really hot day, usually people are dancing right away. And it turns into this, like, thick, almost disco party vibe where people are just in this totally celebratory state, which I think is what I love about versions the most. You get that almost every week, no matter what kind of music you you have. But on the really hot days, uh, the turnouts are always just amazing. It's packed. You see everyone you know. People that have kids get to you know socialize with their friends, and we have little areas where the babies are crawling around uh, on the floor. I mean, post pandemic, I don't know. <laughs> how many of this is going to work? But before it was super great because you'd have like you know, dance solos, kids would be on the ground break dancing, and then we'd have other kids up on little stools having their moment and and all the adults would just be intermingling. And then as the night pushes on into the later hours, it gets pretty rowdy. Um, <laughs> there's usually some hooting and hollering and, and I'm usually doing embarrassing microphone speeches, uh, which people always love and laugh at. And uh, <laughs> we just have a great time. And it's every every single week we have to cut the music right at 10 i think alan let me play for four minutes over one time but we have to cut it right at 10 and every single week the people on the dance floor are baying for more (laughs) which i just love like it's tuesday night i love that it's tuesday and that this this thing is happening i think that's what keeps us all going back you know because it's just like we really do want it to keep going but it can't which i think makes that all the better, all the more fun. I've had a couple of uh, dry kind of Wednesday mornings uh, because of versions. <laughs> yeah. I'm speaking with Isis Graham, and we're talking about versions. Season eight of versions kicks off this week, tonight, actually, the day that Isis and I are speaking on Tuesday, April 13th. Uh, 
ISIS versions is online now, but it started out as a patio party. And I'm wondering if you can tell me about your favorite night of the in-person oh, event to date. Lord. Um, geez, there's so many. I think in 2019, though, I'd have to say my absolute favorite night was the day that it was like 38 degrees and Leanne Hazard played. And it was like a boiler room in there. There was people surrounding her right to the edge of the DJ booth. And everyone had these huge smiles on their faces. And she was playing this kind of Balearic um, ethnic tribal music with all this fun stuff, like big congos and tambourines. And I don't even know. It was just so lit up in there it felt like we were in Ibiza like I I, it was my favorite favorite night and everyone was just had these huge ear-to-ear smiles all night long um that was my my, one of my favorites another one would obviously be be when the librarian came and played us like an awesome set was super surprised I mean was such an honor to have a DJ of that caliber playing on the patio for such cheap cover and as a pop-up with you know announced the day before it was just such a surprise and so much fun um to me the season closers are always a really special time um I usually play those and for me it's special because it kind of it uh, signifies like the wrap-up of the season and it's always pretty celebratory and I always play super cheesy kind of disco throwback house music and and, like all the classics and sing-alongs that people want to hear it's um those are often my favorite nights, but there's so many nights to count, especially since we've moved to weekly. It's just, can, it gets, they all blur together. I mean, as you said, I've had many a Wednesday mornings where I've kind of maybe had a question about if I'd had too many drinks the night before, but you know what? It, it's uh, great because you're done at 10 o'clock and you can go to bed by 1030. That's what I love about versions too, is that you can have an after work um, special and then still get home at a reasonable hour and, and have a great, eight hours sleep and be up for work the next day. It's great. That's what I think a lot of people appreciate about it too. You sent over some music before we chatted today and I started the show off with some music from John Delirious. Uh, what other music from Versions alum have you put together? Well, let's listen to some techno vibes. Um, I've got a track called uh, Lang Valoran by um, Emirates and Clothes off of their own imprint obscure music which i think is awesome that they have created this label and that they're still working together and doing more stuff for um, the queer community and music it's just so fantastic i'm always so thrilled to have either one of those uh, folks play at, at our event and they have been playing at our event almost every year in fact emirates is playing a set coming up here in july for somebody's special birthday which you'll have to stay tuned for but um yeah they put out their i think this is their debut ep together as owners of the label i i, I hope i'm right about that but i think it is and it came out last year so check it out
listening to Rape Dad's Diary on 90.9 FM CJSW. And my guest today is Isis Graham, a.k.a. Aset. Hi, Isis. Hi. Hi again. We are talking about Versions. Season 8 kicks off this week. So when this yes. episode airs, the first dance party of Season 8 of Versions will be in the rearview mirror. Tell me what is happening for party number one tonight. Well, party number one for tonight is super special, and I couldn't believe I made this ask, um, and uh, the artist said yes, but um, I thought to myself, once we got on Twitch and started booking DJs from all over the place, because that's what the really big difference between doing it in person and then doing it online is, is that you can really have access to people from all over the place. There's really no, um, there's no more borders in terms of what you can choose and what you can afford. So (laughs) I just reached out to Fred Everything, who is a prolific Canadian house producer um, and DJ and just, just cold called him and said, Fred, (laughs) will you, do you want to play versions? It's like a really small, you know, online community really based out of Calgary, but um, we'd love to have you. It'd be great to connect with your fans here. And he was like, heck yeah, I'd love to. And I couldn't believe it. (laughs) I was like, okay, normally you'd have to go and pay like $30 to go see Fred Everything at Habitat or High Fly or whatever. And now you can see Fred Everything play at versions, but on the internet for free, which I I just, I was so stoked on the ask. I was stoked that he said yes. And, um, and with him, is another favorite of mine from Alberta, uh, Junior Brown, who is the owner of The Bower in Edmonton, but he's also been a house DJ and a hustler and mover and shaker in Alberta forever. He has got the best taste in Soulful House, and I just can't wait. These two to pair together are going to be amazing. It's just going to be a nice kickoff for for eight. You know, eight feels great. <laughs> so talk about pivoting to presenting versions online started out as an in-person event super vibey patio party and then now it's online Uh, what what was that like do you remember that decision yeah yeah absolutely i mean i definitely had been thinking about it as the pandemic ramped up last year like what are we going to do um taylor who was previously working with me on the project we had met together on March 23rd last year, and we had planned the whole season of versions and scheduled all of the DJs for the in-person events. And then I think it was, or sorry, not March 23rd, March 13th. And then I think it was six days later that we went into lockdown. So, um, yeah, we were like, oh, bummer. What are we going to do? We kind of held fast for a couple of weeks. And I actually myself started streaming on Twitch and realized how great it was to have something to do, first of all, and how how accessible it was. Like, hey, I can just get online at any time, stream, set up these cool features, have these little emotes. This is actually a really great way for me to stay connected with, with my few friends that are all over the, the country. And then I said, you know what, let's take this online. So so we did. And the transition wasn't that difficult. What I, what I will say is difficult is building and growing your audience on Twitch can be an uphill swing. It's really there's we're really lucky we have a base of you know 60 to 70 people that come every week and check in um you know but that's just our little versions community and a lot of those people actually come to the in-person events and they rely on this weekly event to stay in touch with their friends and they just love and appreciate the fact that there's this thing that they can do that's consistent at the same time and they can go to it um 
but you know what? It was not always easy. Like some of the weeks we had at the very beginning, we had like six people viewing and it was, you kind of get downtrodden about what, what the trajectory is, but we just, you know, we just held on and we kept doing it. And um, I quickly realized how much support we had from outside of Calgary and how much of an opportunity it was for me to finally, finally engage those, those people that had always been interested in versions from afar into the platform, you know, our friends, we have a huge contingency of friends in Winnipeg who we would love to be able to have play at versions, but financially it just doesn't make sense. I mean, versions typically is a three or $4 cover charge. And, and we, we take pride in paying all of our DJs in an in real life season, but um, you just can't do that with the money you're making in a virtual space. Uh, not currently anyways. So it was great. We started to be able to book people from, from all over and, and, break down some of those barriers around diversity as well and start reaching out to artists that um, were nestled and tucked away that people had suggested to us and, and, and have a platform for them as well, which for me was, was really great. And it's brought so many of us closer together. I, I actually can't wait to go back to in real life events because I think it's going to be ultra special. And you know what? We made the decision about two months ago that even when we do go back to in-person events, we're going to keep streaming the, the event. Like we're going to keep it on Twitch because when I look at our population reports on Twitch, you know, there's a large majority of people that tune in now every week from elsewhere. And I, I actually, I now feel like a sense of responsibility to maintain that outside versions community as well as the internal one that we have here in Calgary, which is, which is something I never anticipated when we kick this off which is pretty cool i guess that's really really interesting that it's helped you cast a wider net and uh, connect with folks beyond calgary you, you touched on this a little bit but i'm wondering um you know when when we saw last march 2020 march and april and may when we saw a lot of artists uh starting to pivot and present streams online i'm wondering if, what, like what was that experience like for you you said you were kind of dab you started dabbling in twitch but i mean personally when people started moving on to twitch my head just was not totally in it i'm like Ugh, another app and another set of logins and another thing to to learn and to maybe just like throw by the wayside eventually uh, tell me about that process i mean you and i are of a similar age uh and you know both engage with technology a lot but what was it like you know trusting in that app and, and giving it a whirl <laughs> well you know to be honest there's artists in our city like power shark and danger bay who've been using twitch for years um and jonathan crane comes to mind as well i mean these guys have been preaching at us for probably a decade to get on twitch and i always thought the same thing like oh it's just another thing we have to do and it's technology i didn't want to learn because i myself have been pretty resistant to the whole idea of like video streaming it sounded overwhelming it sounded like something my computer probably couldn't handle. <laughs> it sounded like something that I wasn't built to do. But honestly, I had some really good teachers. I was really fortunate to, you know, have Danger Bay, uh, who shouts out to Danger Bay. He's been technical support for probably more than half of the population in Calgary <laughs> and beyond. He's been so amazingly supportive and 
you know, having the right teacher is super critical because, yeah, you can go online and you can learn stuff with tutorials and that's all fine. But you're doing that for everything else in your life, including like how to fix a windowsill and whatever else. It's too much. I didn't want to do it that way. I, I'm the kind of person that loves to be shown like one time or have someone give me some feedback. So once he showed me a few things and I could see how powerful OBS was as a platform for streaming and, and how much you could customize it and really... Um, expose your true self and creatively, I, I immediately saw this as another outlet for my creativity. And maybe because I'm a music producer that's been sort of stagnant, not doing much recently, this kind of jumped in and filled a gap for me that, that I wasn't expecting, but, I, but I'm also really grateful for. And now I've become obsessed. <laughs> I've become obsessed with it. And there's a group of us like Mikey DeRosa and I and Dane, we literally have become like a tech support team for a whole bunch of people in Calgary, like helping them set up bots, helping them figure out transitions and scene switchers. And it's actually really fulfilling to show, to show and help other people um, how to do this. And one thing that I love about the versions platform is that we've created like a really comprehensive technical guide on how to stream and set up certain things, which ultimately has you know gone into the hands of at least 60 artists in the last year and it's helped everyone you know level up their platform too so it's nice to sort of take that knowledge and education and put it into something uh concrete that we can use and keep building on i think that streaming is here to stay i I personally hope it is i mean i've started using twitch as my radio like i don't i haven't logged into spotify for eight months (laughs) i just I, why would you bother with like in the morning times I go in and I see little Louis Vega rock a six hour set. Then I'll go see Pesner do, you know, or, sorry, uh, Jimster will do his three hour sets and then I'll go check out, you know, someone playing techno in Germany in the early morning if you want, cause they're still up over there. But um, <laughs> it's just like, it's so incredible. There's so much talent and I've made some really cool friends. Like I've met some DJs out of Edmonton that I'd never heard of before because of Twitch. And now we're, we're buddies. Like it, it's, it's a social media platform. If I had to choose right now between keeping Instagram, Twitch, Facebook, I would, I would honestly ditch Facebook hundred percent, keep Twitch and keep Instagram. And that would be it. Like it's, it's so good and useful for communication. And I have seen in this whole year, I've only seen one instance of like, annoying negativity in a chat like there's there's just a sort of a pretty cohesive positive safe seeming environment to me in the chat environments and people have really good moderation happening and it seems like everyone kind of approaches things with a team effort which I think is really not the same as other social media platforms which can kind of come across a little bit dangerous socially so this this to me I think is the best thing currently right now so I hope people embrace it because I think it's here to stay (laughs) You're listening to Rave Dad's Diary, and I'm speaking with Isis Graham, and we're talking about versions. Season 8 kicks off this week on April 13th. We're going to listen to some music, but Isis, I want to keep talking about Twitch and about its applications in dance music. But but let's listen to some more music from a versions alumni. What are we going to listen to now? Ooh, let's listen to Novon's track. Novon used to be an artist called Choo Choo, who you may have seen at either AIMCON or FolkFest, or um, he also played for the other FolkFest event. Anyways, amazing Indigenous artist. And 
just this guy makes all kinds of music and what really appealed to me about his style is it's just ethereal and layers and he's created this new project novon which i think i have a feeling he's gonna move into like more progressive house but he's kind of getting there with this debut 2021 release elysium that he has for up for download for free on his soundcloud um and this track that i really like is called coming in loud
You're listening to Rave Dad's Diary on 90.9 FM CJSW. And we just heard a track by Novon called Coming In Loud. I'm speaking with Isis Graham, a.k.a. a set about Versions Patio Party. Well, I guess Versions is on the Internet now. It started out (laughs) as a patio party, and I can't wait until it's a patio party again. But currently it's streaming uh, streaming on Twitch. Um, Isis, before we listen to that track, we were talking a little bit about Twitch and the experience of of streaming and you making the transition from playing live music, uh, you know, to live crowds to getting into this online space to somebody who's never been part of a Twitch stream to a total noob. Can you tell me what the experience is like as a as a fan logging in and connecting with artists? Well, it's for one, if you're part of a smaller community like versions, for example, it really is like an episode of cheers. If you attend a few times, you get to know the users in the chat. And it's funny because even if you know their names in chat, you have no idea who they are on the other side most of the time. But um, you get this familiar group of people that always tune into specific shows and specific channels. So, you know, everyone gets to know each other and everyone's happy to see each other. Um, there's a conversation going on on the sidelines. There's usually, you know, DJs and people talking about the tracks, um, being excited. And one thing that I love, and this is just uh, something about Twitch, I think that is the best are, are the emotes. So the emotes are hilarious. Each channel can have their own unique emotes. So some of them are really funny and when applied at the right moment are even funnier. If you know me, I often say it, um, give me a break when the tracks are really good. So I, you know, I have a give me a break emote and I've got my little lemon versions has like our little stereo and our alien and our, you know, all of our different things, but there's this whole type of new language that goes on with through emotes and expressing yourself through images. And, and it's a lot of fun if you get engaged, but it's also a lot of fun if you just like to listen, because you can put it on the background and walk away and lurk and, and, and that's fine too. So, um, so you're saying emotes now, somebody might just completely, emoji. so it's like, it's like you, you have your own, you can come up with your own custom emojis yes. <laughs> for as an artist, but also as a stream. And that increases like the interactivity and the communication on the platform, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there's also this thing called subbing, which is when you subscribe to that channel. So, um, as you know, Twitch is owned by Amazon, so they've figured out a way to monetize everything. So basically, if you wanted to subscribe to the channel, then you get access to all of the channel's custom emojis. So, you know, for you subscribe for like $6.99 a month, and then the artist or the channel gets a cut of that. So that's how you can um, make money on Twitch is you can do that through subs, through cheering. And it's one way that artists are actually being able to continue to make a living Um on the platform while we have no live events going on. I think for me, it's brilliant. It's, it's for sure paying for all of the necessary things that we need for versions and the, those subs come in and everyone gets access to our emotes and then they get to use them and they can use them in our channel or any other channel. So it's really fun. Like you can be on some, I could be on drum codes stream next week and be plastering versions of emotes all over the place. And you just end up having a lot of fun with the emotes and people make funny emotes so that you'll subscribe to their channel. And it becomes like kind of an addiction. I'm kind of addicted to emotes, to be quite honest. (laughs) (laughs) I, I I think it might be challenging for some people to wrap their heads around an online dance music community like we're talking about. Um, can you describe a moment when you experienced 
just something really meaningful or a really strong connection in a streaming environment? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, we had Doza, who's from Seattle, who's one of my greatest mentors, play versions. And it was kind of the first time that versions had a bigger artist. You know, when I say bigger, I, I don't really mean it, but like bigger, just an external artist, an artist from another city, an artist that might have been from a different pedigree. And we had this crazy night where we had, you know, 300 people in the chat and he was playing all of these classic Lawn Chair Generals records. And every house DJ in the chat was just like, oh my God. And they were all talking in the chat about all their memories of all the different times that they heard that record and different parties that happened over the last 20 years. And it was just this really momentous nostalgia that was going on. <clears throat> and you could just feel like, as I say this, this, the hairs are going up in my arms, but like you could just feel a sense of togetherness in those moments because you know that you were all there together at one point, and now we were all collectively reliving those moments through this stream. And here's Doza just streaming out of his living room, but playing all of these like super meaningful tracks for, for all of us. And, and it's just, we have moments like that every single week. Um, Danger Bay, I've mentioned him a few times. He is my partner in version, versions right now, and he does a stream every day right now at five o'clock called The Vista. And he has one of those moments every single day where he'll play like a Marauder track or something super disco-y and everyone will just throw their hands in the air and be like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Um, when you see bigger streams, like one thing I can say that is an obstacle for me sometimes is if I go and see like a really big DJ on Twitch, sometimes the chat is overwhelming because there's thousands of people. And so I usually break off from that experience at that moment and then just take it into like a, I'm dancing in my living room type of space. And then it connects me in a different way. And mm. that makes me feel like I'm in a club or I reminisce about being in a club. I have so many friends of mine that also set up Zoom calls during their Twitch streams. So you can actually see each other dancing in your living room, which I've been on a few of these. They're really fun. It's one way to kind of see each other and interact. Um, a lot of people are using Discord for that reason, which is a, you know another platform that I am not good at. <laughs> But it's it's a super cool platform for people that want to stay connected around a specific channel or a specific community. And I've seen some artists use this in a really powerful way. There's one artist out of Edmonton named Hamuni who plays really deep melodic house. I just love it. He does Monday nights, melodic Mondays, and he has a Discord server where all of his fans can interact with him all week long. But like what happens in the server is, you know, people are in there reading each other's tarot cards and they're sharing recipes and they've built this whole little pod of people from all over the world that would never be connected otherwise. <laughs> and I just, when I see that as an observer, I just think it's the coolest thing. Like this is something that just wouldn't have happened otherwise, which we can lament about missing in real life. But I would like to just acknowledge that this has given us a really unique opportunity to look at digital technology and see what its benefits can actually be when we apply them in a community space. I think it's really cool. Yes, I, I agree. Um, thank you that for sharing that. That's, that's so fascinating. And, uh, you know, I'm just smiling over here because, uh, I think, you know, <laughs> part of this show is uh, a big part of it is trying to figure out, um, how, how we move forward and, um, just hearing you reflect on, 
on those connections that you've made is uh, is really inspiring. And I, I know how much volunteer time you put into all of this as well. And I really appreciate it, Isis. Thank you. Oh, well, it's a it's a labor of love and versions for me. There's been points in my career where I've really had to look at my you know work life balance and what really serves me in terms of you know it serves me energetically, makes me smile, makes me feel good, makes me feel like I'm making a difference. And you know, versions is never on the chopping block. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. It's it's my absolute favorite thing, virtual or in real life. It's just the best. I just love it so much. Yeah, it's had a huge impact on my life as well. You know, it's a place where I can go and see my friends and. Uh, bring my bring my daughter and uh, hang out in a way where I can listen to music that I authentically appreciate and you know see the see the people that I care about and uh, so thank you for helping facilitate that over the years. Yeah, no problem. You know what I love about the bringing your daughter part? I think we've talked about this before, but my one of my favorite things is seeing the photos over the years of the kids and watching them grow up right in front of our eyes through these amazing photographs that Leanne takes. Um, you know, and it's sad because now we're going to maybe have two years of missing in the, in the storyline. But there were some kids in our community that were just babies when we started. And now they're, you know, in grade school, which I think that's really cool. It's, it's a part of our community that we don't often get to put a light on. And I think it's a really important thing to have an outlet for, you know, raver moms and dads that still want to be cool and go out and hear tunes. <laughs> it's just, but, but also have their kids be accepted into the community and celebrated. I think that's really important at this stage in our lives. Isis Graham, before I let you go, um, I just want to, you've touched on some of the the changes um, and some of the evolution of this series. Um, and you've talked about, for example, um, you know, more subgenres being rinsed, uh, a more geographically diverse lineup. Uh, what's something that surprised you about the evolution of the event going online? I mean, something that surprised me would have to be the amount of external support. I mean, it, it, it didn't surprise me that the people who love versions and are, are just like diehard fans of the in real life event come and attend every week. But I'm just constantly amazed at the number of people from outside of Calgary that are like, I just love, they just love the vibe. They love the energy. And I'm amazed at how willing people are to perform the event. Cause yes, it's all like currently it's all very volunteering um, and willing to help me with anything at any time. I, it's just, there's just such a positive aura around the whole project. And I'm, I'm constantly amazed at what people are suggesting or volunteering to do. It's just, I'm so grateful. It's awesome. Versions season eight is underway congratulations isis graham <laughs> and the whole team past and present anybody who has helped bring versions into this world thank you yeah thank you i just want to give a special shout out and a big big warm hug to the calgary arts development and the calgary arts foundation for their support on our project this year um, it's enabled us to propel the project into the future and we're really excited about what that means for us we're going to end on a track by Doza. Tell me yeah. about this one. Elephant Chase. It's from their Native Languages EP on um, Hunt and Gather, which is which is his label with Pesner. This label is so great. They put out really interesting records, and they do release vinyl and digital, which I which I love. But their artwork is always so amazing, and the aesthetic is 
it's just so unique, I think, to the coast. I don't know. I love this label. But Elephant Chase, for me, when Doza played this track for me before it came out, I I just heard it, and I immediately thought of versions. It has that total open air, outside, beaming sunlight, everybody's happy vibe, and I think it's the perfect way to close out this conversation.
Hello, my name is Ohama, and I grew up on a potato farm in Western Canada. And you're listening to CGSW 90.9. Episode 19 of Rave Dad's Diary is coming to a close. Rave Dad's Diary is written, produced, and hosted by me, Paul Brooks. The show is produced on Treaty 7 land at CJSW 90.9 FM in Calgary. Season 1 theme music is Orchestral Lab by Guido, released on Punch Trunk Records. The Rave Dad's Diary logo is by Homesick. Follow the show on Instagram, at Rave Dad's Diary. Stay safe, and I'll see you next week. Okay.
Bonjour and hello, and welcome to CJSW 90.9 FM. My name is Chantal Chagnon. I am Cree, Ojibwe, and Métis from Muskeg Lake Cree Nation in Saskatchewan, which is in Treaty 6 territory. But I'd like to acknowledge the land upon which we stand, because if you don't know where you are, you don't know where you're going. This is the home of the Treaty 7 people, the Nitsitapi, or Blackfoot, of Siksika, Gainai, and Pagani, the Beaver people of Tsutsina, and the Stony Nakoda of Morley, which includes Chiniki, Bears Paw, and Wesley First Nations. We also acknowledge Métis Region 3, for we are walking in their footsteps. Yeah. 